Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Find and Follow podcast, where we are all about helping you find and follow Jesus in your everyday life. Kyle, Craig, and Scott here today with you. And just wanted to apologize for anybody last week who had some bad audio stuff. There was maybe a loose connection or something. So if you listened to last week's episode, A, con- a plus content. Acon. This is an R&B I'll artist ra- I'm from ra- the early you know, 2000s. Back to the rankings. A plus content. Maybe like a B minus on the audio quality. So appreciate those listeners who power through those kind of things. Just it was fill in the blank day. You just what do you think? We did it when Craig wasn't here. It's just we gave you an opportunity to what do you think Craig is saying? You play along at home. <laughs> it's what it's a mad lib yeah. podcast style. Yeah. I, I didn't listen to it. What were they getting? Like every No, it was wh- just it wasn't I don't think words. it was that bad. It was just it can be kind of annoying though. Hey, so hopefully it wasn't so bad that you turned it off and well, this I, week will be much better i'm sure i would imagine the content was so stellar that they just endured whatever you static was power on through it yeah that's right you power through it so yeah it's <laughs> it's one of those things we try our best uh we don't have an uh, on-site audio engineer to like pause us and go hey microphone's cutting out staticky let's redo that we just we just are rolling yeah with it. we don't have our headphones on listening to the audio quality right? either right so I do get those days where you get a little podcast studio envy. Do you ever see podcast oh, yeah. clips on yep. the YouTubes or somewhere? The YouTube and they look they look real fancy. They got thousand dollar microphones. Yeah, you move your hanging mic around as yeah. you like yeah, and with your headphones on. Yeah, but you know what? We're rolling with what we got and getting the good news of Jesus out. I've been looking back in the history of the podcast the and our live stream, and just. Praising the Lord for where we're at now. From I looked at some old Fusion. Oh. Remember the old Fusion live streams? Yeah. Oh, it was bad. Real bad. Real bad. Like, Real how bad. do we live stream? Oh, but we want to be on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Let's use this free app and my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. I, I remember in the early days of live streaming, we had one at your house and one at my house, both of which were oh, train wrecks. Just debacles. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Praise the Lord for all of the engineers, people building the hardware out there, software engineers. They are the unsung heroes. Yep. The, the exponential curve in technology over the last three years, where there was immediate demand in the market larger than anybody could handle. I remember trying to buy a piece of hardware that we don't even use anymore, currently have, and it was gold. I was calling all up and down the West Coast trying to get this piece so we could live stream for Sundays, and $500 maybe piece of hardware is like, good luck finding that thing. Yeah. Everybody wants one. Yeah, they were out Supply of stock. Supply and demand. And the manufacturing shut down. Anyways, uh, so it's a little update there. Another update. We'll just maybe should time ourselves. A little 30 seconds on the Gonzaga basketball. We're deep into March. How great. Are the Zags looking? WCC champions? That game it against St. Mary's? It wasn't even a game. It was, it was embarrassing. If you're from St. Mary's, you're from Northern California, and you're a fan, I apologize. Your team did not show up. Uh, it was Or awesome. if you were rooting against the Zags for some reason because you're a hater and, a, and like a <laughs> mean person. like Hey, leave names out of it. <laughs> I Kyle may have earned $20 uh, yeah, I may or may not have night. won $20 off of my father. On okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, so I was going to protect oh, I people. I saw him this morning, and he didn't give it to me. I you need to make get sure paid? I collect on that oh, when man. I go pick up Harper this afternoon. When does interest happen on yeah. that? Well, this was the first time I saw him. But I Should be on the ready. Day. Should yeah. be on the ready. Here, uh, he I was wrong. You were right. Here's $20. <laughs> Here's a Jackson? Is that it? Who's on the 20? We don't say that. I was trying to, like a Grant's the 50, the Benjamin's the 100. We all it's know the Benjamin's. It's not Jackson, is it? Andrew Jackson on the 20. 
Kyle's sure. looking in the wallet. Going to double check? Sure is. Okay. Jackson. We just don't say, here's a Jackson. Anyways, Zags are looking good. Craig, how are you feeling? About the Con- Zags? Yeah. that's Confident. Okay. How far Hopeful. do you want to make – uh, it's before Selection Sunday, so before the tournament starts. Probably next week's episode as well, we would be before the game. Um, do you want to make a prediction today? First round? No. Oh. How deep are How the Zags deep? going? First round, second round, Sweet 16, They're gonna Elite make- 8, Final Four, National Championship game, national champions. Tim so, is the all-time scoring leader in Zags history now. All right, so here's my prediction. So last year, we thought it was for sure going to happen, and then it didn't. Yeah, right. Because they were looking even better than this year's team. This year, it's like, oh, they're coming on strong. This year's the year it's going to happen. That's my prediction. Oh, they're going to surprise way. everybody. Ding, ding, ding. They're going to come from back in the pack. And win it all. Well, they're going to be at the front of the pack. They're going to well, be no, like two they, or a three seed. Yeah, earlier in the season, they were like, eh. Well, they started out as the number one seed of the year. No, I know. But then they had they it, faltered quite a bit. It was a, a That's what I'm sketchy talking about. middle. Yeah, yeah, sketchy middle. looked like, ah, it's going. National champs. You heard it here first, okay. folks. Check the box. Craig's got a national championship. Oof. Realistically. Yeah, these I know. Are, you can't, as a fan, you can't, like, you got to separate right? the heart and yeah. the head right now. Like, when you ever you fell out your bracket, and it's like the last couple of years, I took them all the way because I'm like, legit, they were the best. I mean, yeah. they looked. And that's my point. And, uh, the year they don't quite look that good, yeah. that's the year they're going to do it. Anything can happen in the tournament, man. I mean, it's a, some of them are just going to be a coin flip. Confidently, Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Get to the Elite Eight. Yeah. I don't, final Four. That's tough. It's tough regardless. Yeah. All you got to do is have a bad four-minute stretch in a basketball game, yep. and you lose it, which is – what happens all the time? If you if you watch an well, that's NBA, what happened to them last year. They, yeah, yeah. If you watch an NBA game, they'll be teams will be down by fifteen, start the quarter, and then they'll be up by five in a few minutes. Like, I would what be just happened. I'd be more confident after I look at the bracket, right? Okay, what are those Correct. matchup looks like? Who you know who's the one or yeah. the two? Depending we could do that next week too. This is the early call. Okay, where are you at? I I'm with you. Like if you put the over under the getting to the lead eight, I would be. I would go, man, after this week and the little bit of the fire in the belly, the the increase in play defensively, these are all my statistical nerdy. Yeah. Defense is up. They're working the floaters. Other guys are playing key roles now offensively. It's not just Drew Timmy. I want to go – I'm going to go in between. I'm going to go final four. I'm going to go they make a run, final four. Um but but wouldn't be surprised if they win it all. I'm with you, Craig. My heart is there. Okay. A thousand percent. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyways, this is the Find and Follow Jesus podcast. Um, yeah, no, nice timing on us there. This is the Find Follow the Zags podcast. I'm going to give us 30 seconds. <laughs> 20 minutes later. Somebody rewind that right there. Yeah. Send me a text. How many minutes was that? No, they already just fast forwarded. Like, oh, they're talking about Zags? Still. Click that 10-second button. 30 <laughs> second forward. 30 Are they done forward. talking about the Zags yet? Okay. I do that in podcasts where I'm like, okay, I can kind of, I've heard this before. I know where this is going. And if I hit like a joke, like people are laughing. Wait, what are you guys yeah. laughing about? And I have to go back. <laughs> I do too. I hate and the I podcast. go back to the original spot. I'm like, well, I'm going to hey, listen am, again. Am I the only guy that listens at 1.5 speed? Yeah, I am not. I, I, I can't. don't. I, I do 1.5, one and, one and a quarter speed. Most I, podcasts, it depends on what it is, but most most stuff you can listen and still get it all. I, I listen to MC's messages at one and a quarter oh. or one and a half. Even me, I'm fast. You, can you Dude, listen you to me? Even, even you, you are fast, and you can go going fast, fast. <laughs> yeah. 
That's like three X. Yeah, yeah, you were real fast Sunday. On I a know. Things. That's what I'm saying. Like I had a lot of words. As a speaker, do you, you know, we all listen back. This is great for everybody listening in. Whatever you're doing in life, you got to get some perspective. You got to get someone on the other side of you giving you some feedback. If you want to get better in life as a parent, uh, in your business, as a career, um, just how you communicate, whatever it is, we have very limited perspective on ourselves. And it's good for us to do self-evaluation. But in the world of pop psychology in America, it's a lot of self-assessment, and you just look at you, and you figure out for you that you're going you're gonna to fail. You're going to get 50%. Because you need, we need, I need to be able to listen back on a podcast, watch back. I need to ask Kyle, Kyle, how did that hit? Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, speaking on this point. Give me some feedback. Uh, what did I say versus what did people hear? Uh, my wife, when I get a little intense, she gives me the, like, bro, calm down. You're being, you're being real amped up, and so you sound aggressive right now. So I need that kind of input and feedback. You'll get fifty percent wrong if you just try to do it on your own, I'm or or just even your your intentions or your thoughts. You'll lie to yourself, right? Like the video to your example. Like if you're not watching back, even on yourself, right? If you just like, oh, that went really well, and then you look back, you go, that did not go as well as I thought it did. Like even speed, you're talking about. There's sometimes I'm like, I was way too fast, and I watch it back, and I was like. Twenty times faster than I thought I was, and I already yeah. thought I was fast. Or, oh, that went better. Like I thought, I sped through that. I thought I mumbled. I didn't as much. I'm beating myself up in my head. Yeah. Not only the is it fifty percent. It's most of the time it's not even close to accurate, right? It's Correct. just you over or underestimate the the impact or the the positive or the negative. Yeah, and and on the positive side too, we we hey that was impactful. That was helpful. Well, it wasn't as good, and you're overthinking in your head and you're not receiving from others how helpful it was or good or or whatever. And so you got to have people around you. You got to be open and receive. I just this last week had an experience where um, dealing with some conflict, stuff we've been talking about in the podcast, like there's some issue between me and some people, and it's the way I approached a, a topic wasn't great. And I just started a little abrupt and a little harsh. And so needed to apologize for that, ask for forgiveness and get, get some perspective on the other side of me. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following Jesus here. Just, just like everybody else. And if I was just to rely on Scott, Scott's not got a good enough angle on his life and I need help from others. God as well, obviously like God spend time in prayer. We're starting this prayer series. I'm I've been into it, you know, preparing. I'm speaking on Sunday and just God help me, show me, you know, be still before God, um, be present with God. It changes things. Spending the first few minutes of my day with God before into a meeting or before a situation, before coming home, reentering, you know, my house. Like, just it I literally, so I thought about that this morning when I texted you at 7.30. I go, he's probably not going to get back to me for a while. Like, I literally had this thought. I'm like, he's probably spending some time with Jesus right now, and he's, he's probably intentionally not going to be on his phone for a little bit. And I'm like, so I'm probably, because I was like, oh, he'll text me back right away. And I was like, oh, actually, he probably won't. <laughs> you uh, you were two hours too late. That was, <laughs> then, then, that yeah, was then 5.30? I had that thought, he might, he's probably up a lot earlier than me. Yeah. No, that was 5.30, and then 7.30 I was actually meeting with somebody. So, oh, so you noticed I didn't respond to the text thread because I didn't see it till I actually got here at the building? And why is that? Because I was out plowing a ridiculous amount of snow. It, oh, yeah, man. we had like two or three inches yep. and a bunch more coming tonight. It's like, this is March, people. 
Turn the snow Mar- button off. Turn the it's, faucet off. It's still winter, Craig, in the Northwest. I don't, I don't care. It's March. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going snowboarding tomorrow, so I kind of care. Yeah, 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 cool. I'm, I'm sure you do. Well, it's going to be good. Talk There's, about perspective. More snow coming. And, yeah. Yeah. But I just, for me, following Jesus, is this is real life, and it's helpful. I don't, I don't want destruction and chaos in my relationships. I want people to find Jesus. I don't want it to be... Um, a hindrance how I'm acting. I want there to be healthy resolution, healthy conflict. Um, not healthy like to create conflict, but when conflict is happening, because it will, it's called yeah. life, it's called being human. Uh, how do we deal with it? How but do we even care for that, one another? And we talk about our culture around here being uh, people who are healthy emotionally, who you know understand how their words, actions, and attitudes affect other people. And to do that it, holistically, completely, you need other people's perspectives. Because yeah. again, Scott, in your example or in your own life, if you don't have a healthy accountability and and people around you, you're like, yeah, no, I'm I'm nailing this emotional health thing. I'm I'm never out of pocket. I'm never doing anything. I'm like, not wrong. I handled that super well. I wasn't abrasive, right? And someone else comes and goes, hey, no, you know that wasn't super emotionally healthy. It's like even part of that with each other is our emotional health going, hey. Can I help you a little bit with that emotional health? You've had this to me a couple times. Like, hey, do you realize how checked out you were in that meeting and how what you were doing like was speaking loudly to the team? And I was like, no, I, I'm out. And you're like, yeah, you know. So emotional health together going, hey, it's not just about me. Like, I, I am good. I got myself helping each other going, hey, we, we hold up an emotional health bar. So to your, your conflict. On the other side of that, you know, we put trust in the gap, we talk to and not about, and, and, and have those conflicts healthily resolved because... Uh, a while back, one of the message series that we did here at the church involved us putting a challenge out to people, and you have alluded to it uh, a couple of times already. We challenge people to ask somebody, what's it like to be on the other side of me? And then encourage an, an honest answer and don't get defensive, but actually listen to what they say. And uh, that's that's a courageous step. It, I mean, don't ask a question you don't want to know the answer to, right? And so um, some of us did that, and we got some feedback that I think helped us all be better individuals, but it wasn't necessarily a pleasant process because some of the stuff was positive. Some of it was encouraging. It's like, oh, being on the other side of you is this, this, and this. But some of it was like, Really? That's how I come off? Okay, got to work on that. I actually shared that very thing with uh, our international team with Think Small. We were doing a leadership thing, which we do every Friday for a couple hours on Zoom, and um, it was my opportunity to, to share, and I said, here's a question to ask, and I was going to be interested to see how it translated you know, across cultures and languages, and it went very well. It's surprising. It's kind of a universal thing. You ask that question, and people will tell you. It's it's the way of Jesus to get you know better following Him. Uh, we need each other to grow, and that was part of my response to those. I was like, "Thank you for thank you for helping me grow," and they reciprocated because they said, "You know, I'm working on my stuff and how I responded, you know, and just they're they're growing too." But in that, it's uh, us helping one another. Not that we want more conflict. Not that we want you know difficult situations, but it's part of how we grow. It's not the only way. I get a little, like, riled up when people say, you know, you only can grow in the bad stuff. That's how I learn. We learn when the stuff goes wrong. Yeah, but you also learn when the stuff goes right. When, you know... We nailed it. Let's do that again. Yeah. Right? Like, we we Absolutely. went through that, and we did it well. We 
we owned up, we, you know, we had extreme ownership, we put trust in the gap, we believed the best about the other person, and it was difficult. I mean, the, I think the part of that is like, yeah, that's, that's hard to do that, right? Yeah. But we, we didn't drop the ball. Like, yeah, you yeah. learn when you go, hey, Zags, you played great defense, do it again. Yeah. Right? Like, not like, hey, you played bad defense, learn how to do it better. Right. So what we're talking about right now, interestingly enough, is the kind of stuff that would help people avoid a thing called divorce. If they would get better at it while they're still married, they might not end up divorced, which is one of the things we're going to talk about today as we look at Matthew Captain Segway. Well, this Way is all, go. again, this is all part of that same thing we've been talking about, these relational dynamics that Jesus has been doing relationally. He, I mean, he's still challenging the status quo of a culture that believes in authority based on gender and wealth and status, and he's he's challenging that to be completely different. He says, no, you use your resources to help the poor so that you better other people's lives. You invert, you love women and children, right? Like, that was unheard of for men to be like, no, you, you use your life to, um, to love people well. That includes women and children. It's like, what? Like, yeah, he's, he's challenging that. And so as he continues, he's going to use the marriage relationship as an example to just continue to... Um, like over-communicate the emphasis of what the kingdom does and yeah. flip it upside down. It's all of these things that we all struggle with. Who's the greatest? How do we deal with conflict? How do we forgive one another? Where are the loopholes? Where are the loopholes? What's the minimum? How do we deal with intimate relationships, people that are extremely close, close to us? And how do we follow Jesus and honor God through all of that and really stretches us to think outside of ourselves and just to backtrack a hair, the learn from the good stuff, we undervalue that. I think for me, I'm afraid of, of puffing myself up or, or making it too much of a big deal. And like, well, we can only learn when stuff goes wrong. Like, hopefully you learn to drive well because you learn on all the good stuff. You don't need 7,000 car accidents to realize you need to correct when you hear that. Da, 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 da. Those are the rumble strips. Like, warning sign, warning sign, get back in the road. Here's one thing as I have a mirror on myself and a recording is I say like way too much. I don't like it when other people say it. And I think I don't say it that often. And then I hear myself in conversations and with, you know, not a recording. And then I hear myself back on video or a podcast, like, bro, you need to pay somebody a dollar every time you say that for the <laughs> remainder of the podcast. I'll, yeah. Yeah. You would deal. Take that. Shake There's my seven, hand. <laughs> seven people listening right now that go, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I hope I don't ruin the rest of the podcast because you'll be like, yeah, no, now I, you're gonna be like when yeah. Scott says that word, and then now I'm gonna think about how often I'm saying it. I, it's just a filler word, and it, anyways. We'll so move Matthew along here. nineteen talks Let's, about divorce and marriage, but <laughs> Jump again, into the, it. the relationship, and I love, I love the way the flow here because uh, I, I read this quote and I love it because he's talking again about um, the the depth of relationship, the need for forgiveness, how we love people, how we care for people, and I read this this week because I think that this is just so. Um, Powerful to understand why the context of marriage here, uh, this author said, the more intimate the relationship, the deeper the wounds of interpersonal friction sear. And so that's why he then goes on to say, marriage without forgiveness and reconciliation would be difficult, to say the least. Yes. Right? To understand. So Jesus is ramping up like the most intimate relationship that we know on earth, God uses it to describe how he loves us, you know, is the marriage relationship between a man and a woman. And so if you try to do that relationship, without forgiveness and without love and without um, these relational principles that Jesus talks about, I mean, man, Jesus is going, you're, 
you're doing it wrong. Good now, luck. This passage is Jesus's response to the Pharisees doing what they typically do. They're coming, trying to trap him. They're trying to get him with a trick question, trying to get him to say something that's going to indict himself. Is what they're up to all the time. But before we get there, I don't want us to miss verse 2. Verse 1 says, when he finished saying these things, he, went, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea, east of the Jordan River. And then it says, large crowds followed him there, and he healed their sick. And then it just goes on. Like, that's awesome. I and love this. I it feel was like large this- crowds. How many did he heal? A lot, apparently. This is deja vu, right? I feel like I know, we. Right? I love it. Craig's bringing up just the character of Jesus, it's, right? But it's like it's yeah. just math, and Matthew keeps doing this, right? He like, does. Keeps emphasizing the compassion, and I again, I don't think it's uh, unintentional in these contexts where Jesus is teaching about relationship and love and value. Matthew's showing us he didn't just talk the talk; he walked the walk, and he loved the way he's calling people to love. He healed all their sick, gave up his time, gave up of himself, gave, used his gifts, and then he went on to say, hey, this is what you should be doing. And they're like, oh, yeah, we saw you do that 20 billion times last week, right? And they're like, yeah, okay, I think we're, we're getting it, or maybe eventually. And it's one of those things, if you're helping someone to find Jesus and to truly follow him, ask them to read the scriptures for themselves in a thoughtful and careful way, in a heartfelt way, to really go, who is Jesus, with an open mind and an open heart. And it's hard to set aside past experiences and and preconceived ideas. But as you begin to read, Craig, like you just pointed out, you kind of want to just hit the the big header that someone put in there, says divorce at the top, or Jesus' response. And it's far bigger than that. It's far greater. And you could skim over verse 2 and just get to like, well, what's, what's his response? Let me argue with him. He's here caring for people, teaching them, healing them, having compassion on them, being in the presence with, with, with Jesus, his life transforming, and then here's this group that just wants to come out and cause a ruckus. And the irony there is uh, the, the contrast. The Pharisees are the religious leaders of the nation, and they should be the ones modeling compassion and care and all of those kinds of things that Jesus is modeling. But instead, they're out to get Jesus. And, and it's the very opposite of what their role should be, what their leadership should be about, but it is what it is. It yep. was what it was. So they ask him in verse 3, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? <laughs> that's, a lo- that's such a loaded question. It's a public forum. It's, it's putting them on the spot. Again, trying to trap them, trying to get an answer that they could then go discredit him as a person, as a leader, as a religious person, as a person who follows God. And I, and I love where Jesus starts. Haven't you read the scriptures? And he's talking to the guys who know the scriptures. And you look at the response of Jesus where he would be talking to someone who is a Gentile, a Roman centurion who has faith. He doesn't start with them all the time. Haven't you read the scriptures? Because they hadn't necessarily. And, and they start, you, starts with like, you guys should know this. Your hearts should be towards God, and you're not. Yeah, but to the the other the other side of that coin is that um, they're using this moment as a, a platform to debate because they have an opinion. And historically, there was debate on this topic. They're they're debating Deuteronomy 24, 
and the law of Moses, what it says about divorce. And there's different religious groups, the Pharisees and some other religious leaders, who have different interpretations of what that means. What does it mean for a, the reasons a man can divorce his wife? From she's unfaithful or she made you mad, right? And they, so there's all these different kind of levels of what's appropriate, right? Like you could do it for anything. If, she, if, if you're not pleased, divorce her, right? Is, is some of the people, they, that's how they interpret the scriptures. And other people are going, no, there's only a few things and stuff. So Jesus flips it on his head. But what he's doing in that is he's, he, he circumvents kind of the question to really pivot it back to he wants us to work towards God's ideal. He wants yeah. us to work for the purposes that the world was intended for before sin broke us. Yeah, I love it. Jesus, they're getting at like, haven't, haven't you read the law, Jesus? Don't you know the rules? Like, here's the rules. And then he goes, well, haven't you read? And he backs it all the way back up. And he starts and ends this whole uh, dialogue, argument, whatever, discussion with the design and purpose of God, yep. not the letter of the law. And he starts back, in the beginning, the creator made them male and female. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. And that's a familiar, because it's included in a lot of marriage ceremonies, wedding ceremonies, and some vows situation or a presentation of here's a couple. But he, he backs them all the way up. They're looking for, what's the, what's the bare minimum of divorce for any and every reason? What's the bare minimum of forgiveness? Seven times? Like, what do, what's, what's the least amount so I can feel like I'm doing okay with God and I don't feel too guilty? And, and Jesus backs them all the way up. Like, you, let's start with the heart of God. So to your point, Scott, um, there's a, a principle here that I think is very important for us to understand. If we jump in the middle of Scripture on any issue or any topic, and, and engage in any sort of debate or uh, investigation of what the Scripture actually is, if we don't start back far enough and go forward far enough, we don't have proper context. Jesus takes them all the way back to the beginning, and if we don't go all the way back to the beginning, what, what did God have in mind? Adam and Eve in the garden and fellowship, unbroken, wonderful uh, fellowship with them on an eternal basis. Hey, don't eat of that tree because you'll ruin everything. We ruined everything. Now you fast forward all the way to the very end, and Jesus restores all of that and, and then some, um, everything that the garden was about and more, and redeems it and puts it, the human experience, back where he intended it to be in the beginning. Now, against that backdrop, then you investigate everything in between. And this is another example of that very thing. They're asking a question in the context of Moses' statement about divorce and the current controversy. But you can't navigate that accurately unless you go far enough back and far enough forward. Yeah, and again, in doing that, what he does is he he helps reframe the question to the actual question that should be asked, because he you know he says the ultimate issue should not be on your right to divorce or whether you're right or wrong in this. It should be on God's original design and desire for husbands and wife to be one flesh, all the way back to the beginning, the garden, and to drawing on the principle that is established in Genesis at the beginning. Jesus's application, his point goes far beyond just divorce. What he's saying is then he's talking about the broader picture of um, disharmony and fractured relationships in general. Like You are together. You need to be together on this. There needs to be forgiveness and unity and reconciliation specifically in this relationship because it is a unique one designed by God. And so you, you, 
like you said, Scott, you're drawing the line here at like what's okay, what's divorce, how close can I get, what's okay, what's not. He goes, back up. Like, back up. You should be asking, what what am I doing to seek reconciliation, this relationship? How am I owning up to the, the things that I've done? How am I asking for forgiveness, offering forgiveness, just like these other relationships? How am I doing this in a healthy way? And you should be focusing on how much more one can we be? How close can we be? Not when is it okay to, to cut it off or when is it okay to push away? It, before we go farther, this is a, obviously a topic and a subject that is real personable, yeah. personal and sensitive. People have had a lot of experiences. We all have. Whether you, you've never experienced divorce personally uh, in your, your marriage, it's still... There's conflict, there's strife, there's ups and downs of marriages, uh, but lots of people have gone through divorce, and there's pain, and there's suffering. There's a, there is a, a truth that happens where two become one, but then as people divorce, there's a, this try to separate ourselves, because uh, this union of two become one is on so many levels. It's physical, it's, it's emotional, it's spiritual, uh, it's relational, it's financial. There's so many areas where there's needs to be unity and experience different levels of that unity, but that's the design of God, and that's the truth of what happens. When we try to pretend like it's not happening, it still happens. You can say yeah. there's no gravity and jump off the cliff, uh, hope there's some water below, you know, yep. like that's that's what's happening. And so I'm aware of that, and as people are listening in, um, Craig, you, you experienced divorce Absolutely. Uh, 55 years ago. Yeah. And I, it's still... Yep part of your story and it's it still, still part of my story still is is there you yep. know it's part of my story it's your your parents yep yeah the scars are still there uh, it's not a wound anymore but it, but there's a scar uh, for sure uh, in fact um i watched my brother get divorced not once but twice and as a pastor obviously involved with lots of people that went through difficult times and some of those situations ended up in divorce and and you're right. There's always a tearing. I, I often tell people there is no winner. Right. When divorce happens, everybody loses. Some lose more than others, but everybody loses. Everybody pays a price. And it's why in Malachi, God says, I hate divorce. Now, to be very, very clear, he does not hate people who have been divorced. He hates what yeah. divorce does to people. And if yeah. you've been divorced, uh, God is a God of redemption. God is a God of healing. God is a God of restoration. God is bigger than divorce. And he, if you'll turn to him, he can do amazing things in your life to, to take what divorce has done to you. If you've been divorced or you've experienced divorce as a child and your parents were being divorced or whatever your situation, God is big enough to come and bring his healing, restoring uh, power to bear upon your heart and life. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody need to hear that for sure. It's listening. Um, for themselves, and then there's some people who need to help some others in their life. And um, that's you listening in, and maybe God prompted and put someone on your heart. Like, you need to help them understand who God is in their life, and they're, they're going through it, or they just went through it with a divorce situation, or they're in the midst of a, a really hard marriage, and it looks like it's heading that way. Um, God's a powerful God. And just, you know, trying to, trying to understand, this is, this is sensitive. We're not we're yeah. not talking about Zags basketball anymore. Yeah, and the <laughs> weight of it, about the, that or not. The, the scars, like you say, Craig, the scars that are there, the, you know, the wounds that are still open, right, that you hear this. And I think a lot of times it's easy for people that even listen to a podcast like this or hear pastors or preachers talk about this in, in a really 
maybe feels like it's a jaded way, right? Of like, here's what you should do. And or real black and white. Yeah. Like, it's real right. clear cut. Yeah. Here's Don't do the right it. Answer. Don't get divorced. Be better. Like, suck it up, right? And it's like, that's not helpful. And like, yeah, but you don't know my situation. And so just pausing to understand the sensitive nature of that and the heart of, of God for, for people that are hurting. And again, that's not his intent. And just to understand, yeah, it it sounds black and white when we say it and we read these when I'm reading this commentary and saying this thing and this is what Jesus meant. But man, it's all these relational issues and it's specifically this marriage relationship because of all the things you just said. It's got the the level and the intimacy that's that's there. Um so it shouldn't be taken lightly. It should be dealt with. It, it, I agree entirely. It is uh, marriage is a very complex relationship, full of complex dynamics, and making a marriage work and going through a potential divorce or an actual divorce is just full of all kinds of complexities at every level. Agreed. However, as we've already said, there are some things that are black and white. One is the heart of God. It, it is what it is. His heart is. As right Jesus here. is explaining yeah. it right here. To become one, God's yep. design, be together, be intimate yep. with God and with each other, like harmony, unity, yeah. togetherness. And part of as we're talking, I think the, the 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 spiritual aspect of this is because the marriage relationship is so beautiful and is so powerful and is so the design of God, and we are better together, and this is the way God intended it. And I want people out there to hear that that doesn't mean that you have to be married to be the best right cuz one is a whole number and if you know if that's what god's called you to that's amazing and beautiful but the marriage relationship in life is just it's such a beautiful representation of how god loves us and a powerful thing together and the enemy wants that to not be the case right and so there's this huge spiritual aspect of and spiritual warfare that happens within marriages that the enemy's trying to drive us apart, lie to us, get us to react certain ways to these conflicts. And Jesus, again, his point here is go back to the beginning and work hard to be one because there's so much spiritual pressure, outside pressure, cultural pressure to, nah, we're good. We don't need to be one anymore. I'd rather be my own one again. We have fallen out of love. Yep. We just kind of drifted apart. Yeah. Amy and I got asked a couple of weeks ago to help a gal. She's in, um, I don't know, undergrad or graduate work for getting a psychology degree in one of her courses. She's doing a presentation on marriages, and you could go grab something from the internet, a TED Talk type thing or whatever, teaching, or she decided to interview a couple of couples because they're real people with a real story, and what does it take? And so she asked us to put together just five minute quick little you know who are who are we and what does it take to be married and we're coming up on 20 years and so we just shared obviously centered around Jesus you know for us it's like this is obviously skills we work at communication um, just thinking about others but it's all stuff that we've learned from following the way of Jesus and it's something we continually work at um, we have fun together we enjoy to be together we do activities um, but we learn to to grow these muscles of forgiveness and of showing back up and saying the way of Jesus is unity and togetherness. So we're going to both pursue him and together we're going to pursue him and divorce is off the table. Yep. It's not an option that we're trying to keep, keep it around and go, Oh, should we, should we bring it up? Should we go with the divorce plan? Should we, is this the time I can threaten with divorce? And is this like, that's just not helpful. Yeah. It's like with forgiveness, let's start with the heart of God. God's forgiven me. I should start with that. 
versus like what's the what's the minimum? When can when can I really play this card? Because I got it in my back pocket on the ready. When can I play it? Jesus is helping us going, let's start with a different on a different road. You're on the wrong road. Here's the road of Jesus. God's design, man and human and man and human, I said the same thing. Man and wife together with God. <laughs> people together. You get what I'm saying. People See, I'm listening and, and I'm listening and to myself. Persons, persons and people and, and I don't even know what the light counter is <laughs> since I said it, but I'm I'm trying to listen to myself as well as not get caught up in my own thoughts, get all wrapped around. But you get what I'm saying. He's like, you're on a different road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to know the answer. I'm trying to trap you. We don't even really care about divorce and remarriage because we're just going to do whatever we want. We just want to trap you, Jesus, and get you in a pinch so we can discredit you. They don't even want to know the answer to this. And, and God is in front of all the people going, well, for these people's benefit, I'm going to say, here's the, here's the road we all need to be on, my design. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing, and it's, it's awesome. It's what we all want down deep. You, uh, in telling your story about you and Amy, uh, alluded to something that's very important, I think, for us to, to highlight, and that is that it takes two. You and Amy both two, have worked baby. at it, and if only one person is actually working at the relationship, it doesn't work long term. Um, in fact, in, in verse 7, they pose the, second, the follow-up question. Mm -hmm. Well, why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? And I think it's very insightful. Of course, it is insightful. It's Jesus' response. But I think it's helpful for us to have insight into what, um, how, how relationships work in general, but also specifically how marriage works. He says, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God originally intended. When, when somebody hardens their heart in any relationship, it makes it difficult at best and many times impossible for the other person, no matter how hard they work and no matter how open their heart is, if the other person's heart is hardened, there's no progress really that can be made uh, past what that individual's own efforts produce. You know, they're, they're better, they're working on their stuff, but if the other person isn't, then it's no surprise that many times it, it ends up in divorce. And it's one of those things where we're this format in this topic. We don't know who's listening. We don't know their story and what they're going through. Because um, you probably have questions as you're listening. Like, well, what about? Because they go, well, Jesus even says, here's an exception for yeah. marital unfaithfulness. Yep. And what about that? And what about an abusive situation? What about? And there's all of these situations contextually, like, well, well what do we do with that? How does that work? And how does this? Um, and, and in an effort to be helpful, I would encourage uh, anybody in a situation where it seems like the other person is not being responsive. Their heart is hard. Their heart is hard. I would encourage you to, for your heart to continue to be soft towards God and the way of Jesus and be persistent in prayer and fighting for them to open up their heart to God. And as hard as it can be in those situations to not just be re reacting to their life and situation, your, your spouse, but to be responding appropriately to who God is and what he is doing in you and through you. And it, it's very hard, very difficult, very emotional, but God is greater than that situation. And you would continue to love and be patient and be persistent at the same time for a person who's just out of control as a, as a spouse, having appropriate boundaries. Yeah, I was going to... And that's where the podcast format would 
would it just lets us down in yeah. the sense of like let's have a conversation about it with someone. Right. Uh, you made a good point about keeping your your heart soft toward God and and continuing to believe God for the fact that he's bigger than whatever it is you're going through. However, that being said, as you just now uh, alluded to, boundaries are important. And so if you're in a relationship where there is abuse, um, sexual, verbal, emotional, mental abuse, it, it takes different forms, uh, where there is um, some kind of risk to your safety, um, boundaries sometimes involve separation. It uh, doesn't have to be the end of the relationship, but it is a temporary pause on the arrangement so that hopefully it can get better. And in some cases, I've actually advised couples, like, you know what, you might need to just take a break from each other so each of you can work on your stuff. Because when you're under the same roof, you're just repeating the vicious cycle over and over and over again, and nobody's getting anywhere. And, and, and if there's abuse or a, a risk, a threat, to one or the other person's safety, then for their own safety's sake, a separation is yeah. warranted. And again, I keep going back to this the way we've talked about it in Matthew 18, that Jesus in his wisdom is describing healthy ways to deal with conflict. And if you know greater degrees of separation are part of that with a healthy person and an unhealthy person, um, that there's a wise way to do that. And I think I, I was going to ask you guys the same question, like how do you deal with this kind of aspect of it because it's it's difficult and it's sticky and I think you just keep having to go back to the heart of God that um, he's continuing to underlie the importance of restoration and reconciliation in all relationships and specifically marriage. But there's this legal aspect to it too that he's diving into with their arguments and questions, right? Um, that, you know, because again... There's law, Roman law, and then Jewish law. There was there was differing laws that, like, you literally, a man in, in the Jewish law could only divorce the wife. The wife couldn't divorce the man, and he could just divorce her without her caring or wanting or having anything to do with it, right? And so, you know, there's, and then there's some financial stuff there that goes into that, right? That now she doesn't have anything because he just divorced her, and so all of these things. So, Jesus is, and I think Matthew specifically in the context, is talking to some of these legal aspects of it too, of understanding, again, caring for and helping people in all aspects of life, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, and the repercussions of understanding what that means in us caring for people. And again, going back to their question, and they're trying to use scripture, um, you know, Old Testament scripture to justify the harsh and unfair treatment of others, Jesus keeps going, like, that's never the heart of God. And people, we we still see it all the time in our culture. People point to Scripture or God's Word, in quotes, or, or God, what God said, to mis, mistreat and abuse people. And that's never the heart of God. And if you're using the Scriptures to mistreat, abuse, hurt, unjustly treat people, you're missing the heart of God. Exactly. And that's, I think, some of the, the we don't really have the Pharisees' response here, I think. But in verse 10, the disciples of Jesus, the people listening as this conversation is happening, this argument, they go, this is a huge deal to you, God. Marriage is a big thing. And they get that if they are a married person the perspective of just their experience, but they, they hear Jesus talk and they go, this is, this is, this is huge. It is so hard. Maybe we shouldn't get married because yeah, we don't want to mess it up. Not even is this a big deal, but whoa, you've set the bar high. Oh yeah. That's right. It. Not just like, oh, this, 
this is a big deal to you, and you got a high standard. You here. can't just write a little permission slip that says you're divorced today. Yeah, see ya. Right? You're out. Go. Like you, you didn't. The bar's not low here. It's not yeah. easy. There's an onus, especially on the men listening. You got to care for, and this is not lightly. And that's one of the things Amy and I said in the video is before we got married, we understood marriage is a, a sacred covenant that God instituted and that as best as we could as young people who didn't really know what life was about totally is we go, we want to honor God through this process and, and make sure it's Jesus uh, leading us together. But then we, we spend intentional time talking about uh, our, our relationship with God, how we handle money, how many kids we want, how are we going to do with deal with the crazy in-laws, you know, because they're going to be around, you know, not you, but like other people <laughs> that wouldn't be necessarily represented. You know what I'm saying. W- would you so, like a shovel? I can <laughs> help you out there digging that hole. You betcha. <laughs> uh, just all of the life things as we could and, 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 and know that we're making a commitment for life. So let's, let's not take this casually. Relationships and marriages have become too casual. And I'm, I'm a concerned because People spend more energy and effort researching the next car they want to buy than building and, and developing a quality relationship before they say, should we get married? Like, it's just too, like, I don't know. We just kind of wing it and do things. And, but they'll spend more energy and effort researching, like, they'll a home spend... to buy and how they want to upgrade it and the, the latest trends. And they'll research that and get a vision for that and a picture on their Pinterest board and watch the HGTV shows and have a complete vision. And then what do you want in your marriage? You're like, I don't know. But they have this whole energy spent in these other areas. And or these that other same kind of energy gets spent on the wedding ceremony. And right. You're going to step on some toes here. I know. Here... I have a little bit of a pet peeve, and I, I've talked about this, and some people dislike my my this, approach this here. This is the rant podcast. We just get a yeah. vent on things. Um, okay. And I made a comment in group the other day, and maybe I should have backed up and, and done it. I think a lot of times, too, in this context, even if we do, we put so much onus on the other person. Here's my perfect person. Oh, Here, who's yeah. who, Here's who they have to be. Yeah. They have to hit all these boxes, all these check marks, and when I meet this person, if they check all this, then I'll marry them. Without... a an iota of focus and emphasis on the ter- type of person you want to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. We just go, oh, I met they, they're they're this. They look like this. They act like this. They have this. They come from this, and then, but we're not for a second going. What is the person I'm looking for? Looking for, and they, you can make that list, and the person on that list would never want to be with you because you don't care about who you are. And I think the other type is, if if we make that list, not that that list is bad, but okay, like. This type of person, if this is who I'm looking for, what are they looking for? And then how do I focus on who I am becoming? Because you can't control the person on the other side of that list. And that's what a lot of people try to do. Find the perfect person. I, I hear you. And, and I not I focus on themselves. Yeah. Far too often, the basis for a marriage is uh, they do check all the boxes. They're attractive. They make me feel this way. They're this. They're that. The other thing, the boxes are checked. So because the boxes are checked, all of that that is true about that person makes me happy. But boy, oh boy, if they stop making me happy, if those boxes get unchecked at some point in the future, I'm out. And, and it's so transactional, and it's so based on the other person's responsibility to make me happy instead of what you're talking about, Kyle. And that's all good to do before you got married, and then those of us listening that are married, and myself included, going, and that's every day. That's every day. Like, I got to fight for my marriage. I got to contend for it. I got to recognize the spiritual battle that is happening. And 
and bring it before Jesus and talk to Amy about it. Like the enemy wants to create separation and division. Uh, what we're doing right now is not of God. Let's, let's get unity. I, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Uh, I've messed that up. I, I was not appropriate there. My heart's not in a good spot. Um, continually to build relationship skills and communication and humility and going, God's put us together. And the truth is we're one. And so let's be yeah. unified. And I choose oneness today. Yeah. I had to, I told that to my wife the other day. I said, I choose you. I choose oneness because it's going to be real easy to drift into my own thoughts, my own hard heart, my own stubbornness, my own whatever it is. And like I have to daily choose to be one with you and, and love you the way that you need to be loved. And yeah, you have to choose and you got to fight for it. It's the, it's the way of Jesus. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, uh, love your wife, you know, follow Jesus. It's to think about God and others above myself. Yep. This is all really good and helpful. Uh, it certainly is. But I imagine some of our listeners are wondering about, all right, so a divorce has happened. It's a done deal. There's no reconciliation possible. Am I free to remarry and not free to remarry? Um, what does he mean about committing adultery if you remarry? Uh, what are the rules? What are the guidelines? What are the principles? Not, not, not a legalist sort of approach or a loophole sort of approach. It's just, I want to know, you know, uh, my husband left me and he's married to somebody else and, and I, I want to remarry. Am I free to remarry or not? I don't know if we have time in today's podcast to answer those kinds of questions, but maybe next time. This is a reoccurring theme at, towards the end of the episode yeah. where we need to be landing <laughs> Thanks, the plane. Frank. Let's throw out this big theological landmine. You know, and, I, uh, I heard years ago tick-tock, when, you, tick-tock. when you do a presentation or a sermon or a speech, leave them wanting more. Okay. So that's what I try to do. I leave them wanting more. Give them a reason to tune back in to next week's Or podcast. the other thing is like, well, oh, real good. They left <laughs> me, like, I'm not. Left me hanging, yeah. like, not helpful. Hey, I'm just acknowledging that those it, yes. questions do exist in people's it's minds, and we 100%. haven't addressed them today. It's, it's absolutely a thing. <laughs> and maybe we should we should pause and, and pick it up next time. The, the, the sneak peek part of that is we kind of have addressed it, is, again, I would back up a little bit from the rule and the what's okay and what's not okay to the heart behind it. Yeah. We can talk more about that yep. next week. Yeah. And I will say... It's, it's very uncommon, but people have gotten remarried from a divorce. I mean, James and Amy Haynes were on mm-hmm. the podcast. Oh, I was like, that's guess. not that uncommon, dude. People have third and fourth and fifth and sixth marriage. You're talking about people, people who were married to, to each other, got, got divorced, and got remarried to the same yeah. person. That's what you're saying. Okay. So that yes. is over, over. I know several, a handful, not very many, yeah. but I personally know of a handful. And James takes, and Amy are one of It takes Jesus yep. to think about forgiveness and reconciliation and... And, and in every case, we're restore happened, trust and build it back. To, you know, the the whole it's a process. It's a longer journey. It, it is, and it does take Jesus. But because they involve Jesus and they do get back together, in every case that I know about, the relationship was as good or better when they got reunited because Jesus was where he belonged at the center of their relationship. And I get you. There's people get divorced, and then one goes and gets married, and so yeah, in that sense, like it's not possible. They're married to someone else, and. What, what do I do? How do I follow Jesus well? Um, and, I, and I think it starts there. I think it starts with, okay, God, I want to follow you, and I want to honor you. And so that's the heart, and that's the pathway to start on, not, okay, what are the, the rules of do's and don'ts and start on that pathway? What are, what are the legalese on is this permissible or not permissible? God, will you be happy with me if I do X, Y, and Z? What's the bare minimum to get off that track and go, okay, God, I want to honor you with my entire life? and in marriage, and in relationship, 
and I didn't have see this coming in my life, and I didn't have this as a plan. I had a whole different picture and a vision of, of life together and with kids and grandkids and growing old together and, and adventuring, and now here I am as a single person in my 40s or 50s or 60s, and I've been divorced, um, and it was maybe toxic and harmful, or they just left, and they, they're remarried. What do I do then? How do I... And I think it starts with, not a think, I know it starts with, okay, God, I want to honor you. I yeah. want to follow you. Um, I'm not looking for a loophole. I'm not looking for how do I get an exception? How do I feel justified? Yep. How do I heal and restore from the trauma that I've gone through? I think that's the, I know that's the starting spot. It certainly is, Scott. And I often remind people about this also, and that is that God is far more concerned with where you're headed than he is with where you've come from. A lot of times people get focused on the past. Well, the divorce means this and that happened and this is how I feel. And I understand that there is all of that. But the question is, where am I headed? To your point, Scott, from this day forward, am I going to follow Jesus to the best of my ability with all of my heart? What does that look like? That's what God is concerned with, not the, the wreckage that may be in your past. Yeah. And Jesus is like, yeah. If you can be single, that's probably a good way to go, too. Like, some were born that way. Some were made that way, eunuchs. Some would just renounce marriage. That's that uh, just choosing because of the kingdom of heaven. The apostle Paul would be like, and amen. Yeah. Jesus and I, we said, you know what? The whole marriage thing, poof, that's a lot of work. That's going to, like, distract you. <laughs> you might just be better off uh, focused on God and doing some great work. Um, that's and, in 1 Corinthians 7, by yeah. the way, and for and those again, of you wondering. That doesn't, I'm not making light of people's situation. No, but I think it's uh, powerful, the, it's, again, the clarity that um, I think our culture and I think specifically uh, Western church culture says to be a good Christian person, you must be married and have a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. And Jesus would say, no, you know, to be a whole person means live into who I created you to be. Yeah. And if that's single... Awesome. Follow God and love God and love people really, really well there. Yep. And I think too often people think like, oh, you're not married? You don't have kids? What's wrong with you? You're lower uh, class yeah. citizen. Uh, I'm doing what Jesus called me to do. Remember Lay what I, people. Remember what, great point, Kyle. Remember what I said about going far enough back and far enough forward? So if you go far enough forward, you encounter this statement from Jesus that in heaven there's neither marriage nor giving in marriage. So I, it's bad news to some people if they take it wrong and don't understand what I'm saying, but in heaven, in eternity, you're not going to be married. No matter how much you love that special person in your life, that's not what eternity with Jesus is about. There isn't, we're not male and female. We're God's kids for eternity. And we'll be closer, not only to that person we're married to, but to everybody else in the body of Christ. We'll be closer than you've ever been in your marriage. Yeah, just keep opening we, big old yeah, cans yeah. of deep theological <laughs> resurrection. Yeah. Well, I say that for the sake of single people. It's like marriage isn't the end all. There's a, a level playing field that is the outcome is. of this, and, and it's fabulous and wonderful, and all of us are going to be thrilled with the arrangement. Yep. So and follow Jesus in your marriage, in your relationships, regardless of what they are. And uh, love people the way God's calling us to, which is a, uh, a high bar, but he's given us his Holy Spirit to enable us to do it. So let's do it well this week. Yep. And if you find yourself, again, in a divorce situation, there is a beauty to singleness and a completeness and a wholeness in following God uh, in that as well. And, and so, a big God who can bring healing and wholeness to your life. All right. Any other no, that's, we're landmines done. you want to throw out here at the end? All right. <laughs> I see the runway. Let's land the plane. We circled. They're like, ah, it's full. Keep circling. Keep <laughs> circling. Uh, it's finally opened up. We landed the plane. Have a great week. 
being the light and love of Jesus in your community. We'll uh, chat with you on the next episode.